Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast. Hey there, my name is Susie Price. I'm a professional facilitator, consultant, and author. I am with Priceless Professional Development, a company that I started located in the Atlanta, greater Atlanta area, 12 years ago. This is my 12th year in the company, and my focus is on employee selection and professional development, and I often work with leaders, trainers, and consultants who are focused on building the energy, commitment, and communication on their teams and in their organizations. And that is what this podcast is about, the tenor of it over, this is the sixth episode. So I'm making headway with different uh, interesting topics. I hope you're finding them interesting. And I'm excited about today's topic. It's how to get out of overwhelm and get things done. And these are tools, tips, and tricks that I have learned. This topic has come up a lot lately, which I'll tell you about. And um, what we're going to cover today is we're going to talk about the problem of overwhelm and how it runs rampant. And I've got some numbers to share with you um, that I've noticed in my assessment business in regard to how many people score low in the area of um, feeling good about their what they have to get done. So there is a lot of overwhelm. I'm going to look at what I see as the six reasons why we get in overwhelm, and it's probably not what you think. You know, some of my answers might surprise you. And then I'm going to provide to you seven solutions. And there are things, there are exercises, there are actions, there's some books, some training. And then we'll wrap up with a mantra that is important to remember that I'll talk about a little bit throughout, an affirmation, if you will, and then nine reminders. So we've got a content-rich episode today. There are links to a lot of things that I'm going to refer to today. Where you can find the show notes is at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash get things done. G-E-T-T-I-N-G-S-D-O-N-E, all lowercase. So um, I want also what I do in the show notes, just so you know, if you haven't ever looked at that link, is I put in the timing for e- each episode. So you can read the contents in the show notes and go exactly to the place in the show that you want to get information. So, you know, at 12 minutes, there's this topic. So I try to chunk out uh, what I'm covering in topic areas so it's easy for people to either listen to the whole thing or just pick out the parts they want to listen to. And I also want to remind you that that I do have the six episodes. This will be the sixth one. And uh, there's a podcast directory, and you can see what all is covered if you go to wakeupeagerworkforce.com. Sometimes I say that too fast, so I'll say it kind of slow again because the words all run together. Wake up eager workforce.com. Okay, so let's get into the topic for today. How to get over or get out of overwhelm and get things done. We all have a lot of things to get done, right? It's not fun working on getting things done when we are in overwhelm. And it's that I uh, problem of overwhelm has been on my mind. Uh, over the past couple of months, I've had calls with a group of about 30 different people. And those folks have been taking assessments. I use an assessment tool called Trimetrics HD, and that tool measures disk style. It measures 
workplace motivators, two topics we've talked about on uh, episode one and two of this podcast uh, series. And then the third thing it measures is something called acumen that measures how people are thinking and feeling. And one thing that it measures in the acumen area of the assessment is how they are focusing on getting things done. Are they in harmony with it? Are they frustrated? Are they overwhelmed? Do they see what needs to be get done, needs to get done? And out of those 30 people, 84%, so most everybody were, was experiencing according to the assessments and then according to our conversation, because we would have a conversation about it, they were all experiencing some sort of discord around getting things done. It could be, depending on the person, all the assessments were a bit different, of course, because we're all so individual. It, they might be feeling something as light as tension, which would be kind of normal if we have very full schedules, which most of, most of us do. But some, many were going from light tension to lots of tension to overwhelm, frustration. And often, after we have a conversation about it, and you could actually see it in their assessment results, they were feeling hindered in getting things done. So overwhelm, feeling overwhelmed, not having a way to order how we get things done hinders us from achieving our results and hinders us from being satisfied in our work and cause more stress. And in the acumen assessment, there's a bunch of areas where this is measured, but one of the main categories is something we call practical thinking. And if someone is really strong in practical thinking, they're able to anticipate problems. They've got good problem-solving ability. They're cool, calm, and collected when there are problems. They've got good follow-through. Um, they spend more time working toward important goals than they do putting out fires. So they're working on what's urgent and most important, and they're less overwhelmed. Usually overwhelm comes from thinking things are urgent and important and having too many of those on our plate. So practical thinking is one way we measure this skill in the acumen assessment. And then there's a competency in there that's measured called planning and organizing. And um, we know what that is, but the technical definition in the assessment is using logical, systematic, and orderly procedures to meet objectives. So it's basically having optimum productivity. That's what we want, right? We want to be productive and do it in a way that feels good and is helpful and helps us get our job done so we aren't in overwhelm. And with that particular group of the 30 people that I was coaching and had done assessments on, 64% of that group were low in planning and organization. And then I went back and looked at the assessments and said, as a culture, what does the population mean around that competency of planning and organizing, which is using logical, systematic, and orderly procedures to meet objectives? The culture on a scale of 1 to 10, the mean score was 4.3, which is considerably lower than a lot of other personal skills and competencies that we look at and cover in our assessment. So the assessment um, mean is gathered from hundreds of thousands of people who have taken the assessment so as a culture in the business world, the hundreds of thousands of people who've taken it scored on average a 4.3 as the mean. And so you can just tell a lot of people are struggling with this. And um, I've, I've been there a lot um, for the probably the first 40 years of my career life. I'm 50 now. So and this is 2015. Um, while I'm pretty upbeat by nature, that's my style, I have used to always take on too much. I was always on the edge, either in overwhelm or on the edge of it. And especially when I started my business, I said yes to too many things. 
I um, like a lot of things. I like to interact with a lot of people. And so, and I tended to always think everything was urgent and important and didn't always take the time to sort that out. And I also have a lot of ideas. So I'm kind of an idea person. And so all of that caused a lot of overwhelm in my life. And now in my 12th year of business, um, I no longer feel overwhelmed. Sure, I have moments, um, but I don't have that long-standing discord. And I can see it in my assessment results. I saw it in my assessment results when I first figured out, you know, how you measure these things and saw that I was overwhelmed. I was scoring similarly to the group I was coaching with uh, and helping recently. Um, but I'm not overwhelmed now. My life is still busy. It's probably busier than it was even then. And so uh, what I want to do today is share some of the things that I've found that have helped me move out of overwhelm. Because, And I want to give a disclaimer here. I am not a time management expert. Absolutely not. I don't even really like spending a lot of time on the topic. I like the philosophy of you know understanding what peace and ease and wake up eager is all about. Um, but to be a time management expert, that's not me. But I am just a busy person who likes to be busy and wants to live as fully and joyfully as I can. And and so I've always been kind of looking at for what's my answer? How can I get out of overwhelm? I love my work. I want to continue to do it till I'm 90. If anybody will hire me when I'm 90, um, I want to continue to always do it. But how can I do it with ease? How can I be what I talk about all the time? Wake up eager. And so I found some things that are working for me and I want to share them with you and I want to get to it. I want to also mention years ago, um, one of my colleagues, a guy named Ron Price, who is not related. We always say we're, he's a, we're brother and sister from another mother. He is out of, I think, Idaho. But anyway, I've met him at conferences. And one day I was talking to him when I first started my business about my scores and practical thinking. I was one of those people that I felt it, but I could also see it in the assessments. I was overwhelmed and I, I wasn't thinking in advance and I was on the edge of quite a lot. And he shared an uh, affirmation with me that I have used ever since. And he said, what you want to move to is to this statement. And this is, this is a statement we all want to feel about getting things done. I get things done immediately, thoroughly and cheerfully. So I want you to think about that. Do you get things done in these three areas immediately, thoroughly, and cheerfully? Because of my personality, I would get things done cheerfully, even if there was a, a little undercurrent going on underneath. But I wasn't always immediate or thorough. Sometimes I would be immediate um, and not thorough and cheerful. So when we get really good at getting things done, we figured out how to do it in a way that is immediate, thorough, and cheerful. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to go look at solutions. But before we do that, I want to look at six reasons why we get into overwhelm. And they might not be what you think because they're kind of my view and I can have a quirky view sometimes. So let's look at the six reasons why I got into over overwhelm and what I see other people do. Okay, here's the six reasons. Now, we know, and I'm not even listing this as a reason, that we live in a fast-paced world with nonstop connection. That's kind of like, okay, yeah, we all know that. We've all got phones. We've all got Wi-Fi. We're all always connected all the time. But there's the first reason we get into overwhelm is something I read in a Wall Street Journal article, and it really struck a chord with me. It's a little-known concept called planning fallacy, F-A-L-L-A-C-Y, planning fallacy. 
which is a tendency to chronically underestimate task completion. So we don't take into account when we're planning our days or our weeks how long it's going to actually take to get something done. And that is such a common sense thing. And it is chronic. In the article, they were talking about it's chronic that we underestimate what it takes to get done. And there was a psychology professor, Roger Bueller, um, butchering his last name, I'm sure. But he estimates that people on average underestimate task completion time by as much as 40%. And that used to be what I did. I would think I could get more done than I could actually do. So one of the big reasons we get into overwhelm was this, this concept of planning fallacy. And some of the solutions I'm going to share with you today will help you get out of that, and they have certainly helped me. And the second thing that I see people do, and I've been known to do it, I don't do it anymore, but saying yes to too much. We're a pleaser. We might be trying to please people. We don't want to tell them no. Or we just don't stop and think, and we're just on the go, we're moving fast, and we're not thinking, Is this? does this fit into my priorities? Is this important uh, for me to do? And so we just say yes because it's easier and we keep on moving, and then it all coupled with, you know, we underestimate what a time it takes to get something done, then, you know, we're we're overwhelmed before we know it. The third thing I want to share about why we get over in overwhelm, I'm going to share it in the context of communication styles. And in a previous um, uh, episode number one, I did uh, information about the DISC communication styles. And um, there are four DISC styles. And I want to tell you a little bit about what happens with each style. And if you're curious about DISC styles, go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash D-I-S-C video, V-I-D-E-O, all lowercase in one word, D-I-S-C video, and you will see a little video where I act out each one of the styles and I give a little uh, solution on how you how you solve communication problems. So, But the D style is high dominance. It's usually someone who's very assertive and fast-paced. And what happens with the D around time management is we tend to think everything's urgent. We make snap decisions. Sometimes we're poor delegators. Uh, we don't like to lose control of what we do. We get caught up in firefighting. We don't have a written plan because we're busy firefighting. And uh, sometimes we get in the mode of crisis management because we like action. And I'm saying we because I'm a very high D dominant. So that's that style. See if you hear yourself or hear a description of some of your time wasters or things that get in the way for you. The high I style is the influence style. And that's usually someone who's real friendly and likes to talk to people and real extroverted. I'm also a very high I. And here's some of the things that we can do that cause time wasters. We like to be involved with people. So we take on too many people and too many fun things that uh, end up overwhelming our schedule. We procrastinate because it's not fun. We like to do fun things. We like long lunches because we like the conversation. And we tend to spend time every day daydreaming a lot. And so that can be things that get in the way of um, time management. The S style is a high steady. That's a very amiable, friendly, warm, personable style, uh, low key, if at least at first, and uh, tends tends to with the high steadiness. They'd like everybody to get along, so they might tend to what becomes a time waster for the high steadiness is postpone the unpleasant. It might not exercise this authority because that would mean having to be really direct and maybe they're not comfortable with that at this moment. Um, we might be, if you're a high steadiness, might fa- might fail to be precise with what the responsibility is because they don't necessarily want to step on anybody's toes. And sometimes a high steadiness can resist change. Well, I don't really want us to change that, so 
I'm just not going to go with it, which can cause time management problems. And the four style, you know, there's four letters, D-I-S-C, the high C compliance can sometimes lose time or get out of whack with the schedule and getting things done because they're overly neat and orderly. So they're always getting everything organized and spending a lot of time on the organization instead of the results. Sometimes the compliant person can seek the best, but not necessarily the most workable solution. So they keep looking. There's got to be something better. A lot of analysis can be fearful of mistakes, might overreact to criticism and may tend to wait for things to happen. And so you see those tendencies. I see them in myself and I see them in others. When we do the DISC uh, assessment, there's a part of the assessment that would take for each individual their top time wasters. And some of them apply and some of them don't to every style because we can work on those things. They're just tendencies. But if you want to know more about DISC and you want to see, you know, about each style, go to pricelesspromotional.com forward slash DISC video. And you can kind of look up that and get more information. But that is what, another reason why we have trouble with overwhelm and we have a hard time getting things done is our style. We have some tendencies that we need to become aware of. That's what the DISC assessment is about, is understanding what your strengths are and your blind spots. And some of these things can become blind spots, but they're definitely things we can work on with awareness. Okay, fourth reason why we get into overwhelm as I see it and look out into the world and observe myself and others is sometimes we're in the wrong type of work. So we're, we're working someplace that's not a good fit culturally. We're doing work that doesn't use our strengths. And so we start every day frustrated. We're doing stuff that's not a match to our greatest strengths. And so if you start each day kind of frustrated and not in the zone around your work, um, that can cause challenge around time management and feeling overwhelmed because you're starting out a little bit out of step. Some of the tools that I'm going to share with you today can help you. They're not going to, these tools aren't specifically focused on helping you get into the right position, but they are focused on helping you manage your day so you could get rid of some of that overwhelm. Sometimes the fifth reason is we're in the right place, but our mindset or alignment mentally and emotionally is off. So we're doing the right things, we're doing the right job, but we don't either have the processes we need to organize ourselves, or we're just starting out on the right foot mentally and emotionally. And that was some of my case um, when I was in the state of overwhelm. And then lastly, the thing that happens with managers and leaders is sometimes we're missing some basic management skills that make us not efficient on the job. We either don't delegate right, we don't have the right kind of conversations, so things fester, and that can cause us to be into overwhelm. So we haven't really communicated in a way that's effective uh, with folks or been. um, And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that and share some insights around that. So six reasons. Planning fallacy, saying yes to too much, our disc style, we're in the wrong type of work. Sometimes we're in the right place, but our mindset or alignment is off. And sometimes we're missing management skills that help that they keep us from being effective. Okay, now we're going to move into the next area, which is we're going to look at some solutions. And the very first kind of broad overarching idea is you got to know what your priorities are. And you got to help your employees know what their priorities are, too. So there are three tools that I'm going to recommend that you look at around priorities. And the first one is the dashboard. Now, this dashboard is good because it helps us helps individuals in their job understand 
what's important. A dashboard is the top three to five priorities in a job. So you help every employee. There's not the job description. It's actually a dashboard. It's just like the dashboard in your car. And you know what you need to focus on to make sure you're on track. Okay, so the top three to five uh, priorities in the job helps people understand uh, what to focus on. And that can really help you start to figure out, uh, you know, what are my priorities today, this week, this month, this quarter. And so for an example, here's my dashboard in my job as a professional facilitator, consultant, business owner. Um, number one priority in my job is to deliver uh, delivery of services. So I have to do a great job of delivering every time I deliver. So that's the first priority. So where do I want to spend most of my time anytime I'm delivering something? I put most of my attention on making sure it is A plus when I show up. So that's number one. Number two is marketing by adding value through my newsletter, podcast, board affiliations, and social media. So marketing, what am I doing today? I'm doing a podcast. So this is a way for me to get to know you and to create a relationship with each other. Third thing on my dashboard is sales and networking for business opportunities. And fourth is talent management expertise and knowledge. So what the dashboard does, it just helps me focus. People ask me to do different things all the time, especially when you have your own business. Um, and I know I see it in other leaders. People are, of course, part of bigger organizations than, than uh, what I'm leading. But they get asked to do all kinds of things all the time. And so if you don't know what your priorities are and what's most important, it's really easy to get pulled over to here or there. And, and a, a position dashboard will help you focus on what your priorities are. And I give an example on how to create a dashboard. I've actually got a some more examples and a little video where I did a dashboard on my housekeeper, tried to do something really simple so you could just focus on the process. There are three steps to create a dashboard, and you can find that on my website at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash dashboard, all one word, lowercase. So what's a dashboard do? It keeps everybody focused on the top priorities in their job. So if everybody has a dashboard and if you are in a place where you can't have everybody have a dashboard, you get your own dashboard because it's going to help you focus. It does, it creates clarity and less stress. I know what's in my zone and what's not. Um, it helps people if you're on a team and everybody has a dashboard, it helps you understand each other's priorities and it helps you understand what expectations are. It makes Performance discussions easier because you always go back to the dashboard. So usually what happens in the dashboard is what's on there stays permanent and you put in different measurements or different actions under each one of the items, different focus areas, different measurements so that you stay on track. But the actual, you know, priority is just kind of like in your car. The gas gauge isn't going to change and the temperature isn't going to change. Um, you know, the dials stay the same, just how you measure it changes. And it, it really does build confidence because there's nothing better than knowing what what your focus is and what your priorities are. So if you want to know more about a dashboard, go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash dashboard and you'll see an example there. So that's one solution that I think every job should have a position dashboard because it's like the overarching. Here's what I'm focused on. Here's the priorities because if everything is important. Nothing's important. And the facilitation exercise around the performance dashboard forces you to focus on what is most important. And it clarifies thinking. So I'm so glad I have my dashboard. It keeps me straight. And then what I do is the next exercise, and it's called the 80-20 exercise. And this is for, I do this every week. It's kind of streamlined for me now because I do it all the time. I'll do it every week. I know what my position dashboard is, but now I'm looking at what are my priorities this week? And it's a great exercise, this 80-20 exercise to do when you just feel yourself starting to get an overwhelm. And I've done it with people 
over the phone who are in overwhelm and we talk through. And here's what you do. You make a list of all the projects that are on your desk or that that are pending. You include projects that have been assigned to you as well as projects you think are important that you should be working on. You list everything. Okay, so list all the projects that are swimming around in your head. And then you look at, you know, the rule is you should be spending 80% of your time on the most important 20% of your projects. You look at what's most important. And a lot of times what helps clarify thinking so that you can focus for the day, for the week, for the month is what's most important right now? What is important and urgent and what can wait? And then you just kind of go through your list. Okay, what's my most most important projects to focus on? Um, are you doing that now? And if not, why or why not? Um, can you reprioritize what, how you're focusing now? Is there anything on that list that you can delegate? You know, some of our styles, we don't like to delegate. We think we do, but we want to hold on to it. Is there anything you can let go? Um, what projects don't really have to happen now? Can you set those off to the side? And then are there any projects that you should add that are even more important that aren't on the list? So simple exercise. If I find myself spending, you know, I've got a bunch of clients calling. I've got a bunch of projects going on and I have marketing things I need to do. I pay attention to my job dashboard, but then I'll sometimes sit down and do a list. Okay, what's most important now? Because what your time is, is now. What are you doing right now? Because chances are good what you're doing right now emotionally and mentally will become a habit. So if you stay in overwhelm and you don't find a way to settle down now, you're going to carry that overwhelm into the afternoon and into the next day and into your next day. So you've got to, in the moment, figure out how can I settle now? And then you can start changing the trend around feeling overwhelmed. It's not something that's going to happen overnight if you've been doing it for a while. Um, but the 80-20 exercise of just listing all your projects is another solution that helps me. And like I said, I'm really not in overwhelm anymore. And every week what I do is I write out, you know, okay, these are the five or six things during the week that are most important this week that I focus on. And, you know, you you might do it bigger month, quarter, or however, but... Use the 80-20 exercise anytime you feel yourself feeling anxiety, anxious, tension, frustration. Just sit down, take a deep breath. You don't have time not to do it. A lot of people just keep spinning, and then they're just wasting time. So you don't have time not to do some of these things. Now, the next thing is a it's kind of like we're winnowing down the funnel, right? we got the big position dashboard. we got all the projects 80-20. And next, what I want you to start doing is plan your day in advance. And this is one of my favorite tools. I do it every day when I don't do it, which is almost never anymore. I just don't have a good day. And it's called my daily list of six. So this will be your daily list of six. And it really helps with the planning fallacy because it makes you remember the planning fallacy is, hey, I uh, underestimate what time it takes to get stuff done. And um, it is a great way to figure out what you're going to do that day. And so... What is it? It's a list of six things that must happen. They're actions that you're going to take that you absolutely think. I want you to plan in advance the night before um, the actions you're going to take the next day um, so that these are things that you absolutely will do. So that when you arrive at work the next morning, sitting on your desk is your list of six. You're probably going to get a lot more things done than those six things. But these are the six must do things during the day. And I can't tell you how this keeps me on track. Um, and, you know, what I like about it is um, it's really daily goal setting is what it is. And so is the 80-20 project. And so is the performance dashboard. And most of us aren't very good at goal setting. I have a 
quiz on my website. You know, I have a lot of free quizzes there. And it's a quiz that's a mind-body-spirit type quiz that goes along with a, a book that I have. But 80% of the thousands of people who've taken that quiz rate themselves as not very good at setting goals. We're just not good at it. We know we should do it. And every once in a while, we'll do it. We'll throw something on the board, and then we get caught up in the daily action, and we forget it's even up there. Sometimes we do it and stick with it. I'm not saying everybody's not good at it. But 80% of the people who took my mind-body-spirit quiz score that that's not something they're very strong at. And if you want to take the mind-body-spirit quiz, that is the uh, way to find it, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Mind Body Spirit Quiz. It's free. It's just 13 questions um, that you can kind of see some tools and resources there. Um, but we can change the idea of goal setting by make it very simple. And I have, and I goal set every day if you call my daily list of six my goal setting. You know, so why do it? Why does the daily list of six work? Well, part of it is the six because you're not, you can't, you have to like get to reality, you get rid of the planning fallacy and you get rid of the overwhelm because you're like, these are the things that have to happen. So it forces you to focus. And the other part is doing it in advance so that you arrive the next day. You kind of prepaved your day. So there are five benefits to planning the day in advance and using something like this. And the first thing is, and you can't state this enough, is think about your day. You get momentum going during the day. And you want to play into that momentum. So we kind of get in rhythms around our work. You know, sometimes it might take us all day to get a good rhythm going. And so you want to use that energy before you leave, leave that day to help you plan the next day. So you're already in the groove. You're in the middle of projects and discussions. So you stop before you close shop for the day. And you say, here's the six things I'm going to focus on tomorrow. And they are the things that have to happen tomorrow. And uh, so you get momentum from the previous day. It sets you up for success. So pre-paving, seeing in advance, visualizing, they're all, you know, we've all heard about stories and we all have seen and heard athletes and megastars talk about corporate successes, talk about the power and the secret of visualization. Well, that's exactly what this is. You're taking time to plan and line up within yourself what action you're going to take. And it's you know, if you do that in advance, it's already subconsciously planted and consciously planted in your brain. And it's you're going to walk in in the morning and you're going to know what your plan is. You know, a real world example is you don't just get in your car and drive around. You get in your car with a plan. I'm going to go from here and then I'm going to go to the grocery store. And then I'm going to go get gas and then I'm going to come back home. You have a plan. Here are the things I absolutely will do. And the same thing, if you come into work and you don't have a plan for the day, and I'm not talking about a plan where you got 800 to-do lists that you walk in and you're overwhelmed, but you say, here are the six things that have to happen, then you're more likely those six things are going to happen and you're going to get where you want to go, kind of like when you get in your car and you know where you want to go. I also find it's very empowering that when you plan, it reminds you that you're not a victim to everyone else's whim. So you're going to have people who are going to come up and make something else uh, their priority, your priority, and that happens. And you're going to get projects from out of nowhere, but it's different when you are not already in overwhelm or you've already figured out these are the priorities. Here's what's most important in my job, in my projects, and for the day. And it's anchoring. It's very empowering to know uh, what your plan is and have your priorities in mind. The other thing I like about the daily list of six is that it's doable. I mean, I think so many of us stink at goal setting because it seems like we should do. We've got to set up these big goals and they need to sound really impressive. No, just make it simple and, and, and it's doable and you do it in small chunks and, you know, little steps make great progress. 1% a day in 70 days, you're twice improved. Uh, I don't know if you've heard that. It's in one of my books and uh, it, it's a big difference. 
and it will bring more ease and calm into your day. You might have to do it a while if you've been busy scurrying. It's going to take a while for that overwhelm and saying yes to all these projects, you know, things that maybe you could have put off or not said yes to for all that to settle down. But if you start doing some of these solutions, you're going to find more ease and calm in your day. And you're, and you're going to go home feeling more at ease because you know you have a plan for the next day. And without even realizing it, you've set yourself up to be primed and ready and to, hey, start waking up eager, which is a great concept of, you know, waking up ready for your day, not waking up going, oh my gosh, it's the beginning of the day. Here we go again. So I'm going to reiterate what the list of six is. It's my daily list of six. And on that list, you only list what has to happen the next day. And I want you to do that the night before if you can. I think you get the most momentum that way. And the six things that you list, they're things you are willing to commit to making sure get done the next day. And then once you have your list of six, you place it either somewhere that you're going to see it. I like to write it out, but I'm old school in that way. And I have a little notebook that I put it in. Um, but you do it however you like to do it. But make that daily list of six. Make it a habit. Do it for a month or two and see if it makes a difference. And I, what I'll find is I'll have all of a sudden somebody will need things and my whole day's out of whack, but I'll keep going back to my list of six. And a lot of times I may end up running off of having to do other things, but I still get my list of six done because it kind of grounds me. And I said, hey, I was going to do this. And um, it really works. So try it out. And if you do try it out, send me a note. And let me know how it goes. I mentioned that I have a, a book that lists some of this and talks about the 1% a day in 70 days you're twice improved. Um, that book, if you're interested in it, is 120 Stress Management Strategies for Professionals. And it's where I break down 120 strategies, uh, mind, body, spirit, and I give you a tip a day. And it has an optional email thing where you can get an email tip. And they're always like little activities and things. But if you want to find that on my website, it's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash 120 tips, T-I-P-S, 120 tips. And the, I always do the, when I'm doing the website names, they're always lowercase. So now let's go into, we've talked about performance dashboard for the job. We've talked about 80-20 exercise. We've talked about daily list of six. Now here's another solution. I call it my tune-in time. T-N-T. T-N, the letter N-T. Um, and it's taking 15 minutes a day to pause, reflect, plan, or think. And if I have more more time than 15 minutes, I take it. And it's actually one of the things I put on my list of six every day because I've come to rely on it dramatically um, in, in in creating ease and calm in my life. So what is it? You take 15 minutes, which is less than 1% of your day, and you have no distractions. That means no television, no phone, no texting, no computer, just you, your thoughts, and just your ability to calm and settle down. You can put in calm, relaxing music. The things I do with my tune-in time is I always write. So I make lists of appreciation and I think about things. So I have a journal that I never show to anybody, um, but it's my private journal and I throw it away even after I finish. But it's just my way to kind of put my thoughts down. I've been doing that since college. And then I meditate. I have a 15-minute meditation that I like. But there's tons of things you could do around tune-in time. And I talk about it on my website. I give I think it's 15 or more than 15 little tools and actions that you could do in your 15 minutes. And I go into a little bit more description about tune in time. But if you go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash TNT, and that's all lowercase T is in Tom N is in Nancy T is in Tom. You'll see the list of activities and a little bit more description. And, um, 
stress is a part of life, but it doesn't have to be a way of life. And this tune-in time is big. You know, I talked about earlier about sometimes we're in the right place, you know, reasons why we get into overwhelm, but our mind or our mental and emotional alignment is out. Um, Tune-in time is, you know, an aligned Susie, a tuned-in Susie is a whole lot better than a not-tuned-in Susie. And I can tell the difference. And the more I take time to do this, the more I understand when I'm in and when I'm out and I catch it earlier and earlier. In fact, um, I've talked about the meditation that I do in, in that article at uh, forward slash TNT on my website. And I did a one year experiment around meditation. And I, that's the best thing I could have done because now I understand. always wanted to be good at meditation, but I never could stay regular until I kind of challenged myself. And now I understand why people meditate, because it does help you tune into, okay, this is what peace and ease feels like. So when you start saying yes to too many things or you let your schedule get out of whack or you get off, you notice it a lot sooner. So you catch it before it gets way down the track. Um, So tune in time. I highly recommend it uh, right along with the other tools that we've mentioned. It's just as important as that mental and emotional part of um, getting out of overwhelm. Now, another solution, it is a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen. And now I can't say that I have read every part of the book because as I think I mentioned to you, I'm not a big expert professional planner. I don't dig all that in regard to I've always just been looking for tools that would help me. And once I find what works, I'm done. But I did read the book and I have recommended it. It's by David Allen. It's called Getting Things Done. And uh, he's considered an expert on personal and organizational productivity. And I love a couple of quotes. They're right in the opening of his book, and they tie in so much to what we've been talking about today, about getting things done cheerfully, immediately, and thoroughly. Is He says, it is possible to be effectively doing while you are delightfully being in your ordinary workaday world. It is possible. And that's the thing with overwhelm and busyness. So many people are overwhelmed and busy that it almost can feel weird that you're not complaining too. Um, And you can see that by our population scores around what I talked about earlier on the assessment. Uh, Average score is 4.3 out of a score of 1 to 10 on that competency of planning and organization. So a lot of people are overwhelmed. But I love that he reminds us it is possible to be effectively doing while you are effectively being in your ordinary workaday world. So do and be willing to be effectively doing and delightfully being. And I'm feeling good about being there a little bit. Um, you know, I, I want to continue to pay attention to it, but I have been in the other camp a lot longer. Um, and it feels much better not to be in the overwhelm and to get things done with ease. Um, and so in his book, he shows you how to be efficient and relaxed. And so if you're, if you would like to read his book, I'd recommend it. Parts, like I said, I haven't read the whole book, but I've got pieces and parts of it. And the reason I ended up with his book, again, it's Getting Things Done by David Allen, is somehow I found this app online called Get It Done App. Uh, just like it sounds, getitdoneapp.com. And that is one of the technology tools that I use. Um, and so I found the app before I found the book. And then I went and got the book and skimmed the book enough to understand parts of the app. They're not related. Like the Get It Done app is somebody who's just a fan of David Allen's book. But I like the Get It Done app. It helps me get to zero in my email box. And it's a a simple task and project manager, but it's based on the concepts that David Allen teaches in that book. And it's better for me to use the task manager in the Get It Done app 
than it is to use the task manager in my Microsoft. Because if I go put it there, I'm going to ignore the alerts. Whereas in Get It Done app, you actually can set things up in projects. And it's helped me tremendously. I'll get asked to do things or I'll see something that looks really good. And I can tell I'm getting ready to go off onto some bright new shiny object that isn't in alignment with what I said for my priorities this week or they're not my daily list of six. And so I'll go put it over on the Get It Done app. And, and it's done in such a way that you're not going to lose things. I tend to lose things if I put them in the ta- other task managers. Um, but the Get It app thing, it just helps me know, okay, I've moved this over. And me, who is very attracted by new ideas and shiny little objects that seem more interesting and can take me off task, um, I know it's over there. I can find it again. And oftentimes when I moved it over there, I either will go back because I'm looking for it or I just go back and I say, well, I don't really need to do that. I give it some time. So uh, good little tool. It's uh, it's on my laptop. It's on my iPhone. It's on my iPad so I can capture ideas. I keep up with projects there. And there is a fee for it. I think I pay $39 a year. I'm not um, selling it in any way. It's just I'm trying to share it with you tools that I use. It's helped me map out projects and clean out my mailbox. So if you haven't ever seen that tool, I like it. And I continue to pay for it every year. So, you know, I, I like it because it, it helps. You can set up a, you could actually in it set up your daily list of six too. And I did that for a while, but lately I've been writing. Another little technology tool that I like is Evernote. So I don't know if you use that, but that's another one that I have on my laptop and on my cell phone and on my iPad. And it's just another note taking tool. And the where I use it the most is personally, we have two houses. And I can never keep track of what's at what each house and what I need to do and where my recipes are. So that's a personal thing. But that would overwhelm me because everybody's looking to me to cook something. And then I'm like, oh, do I have that stuff over there when we're up at the mountain house? And uh, it's a simple little thing. Or it, you can take pictures and I can keep track of wine that I like. And then um, another silly thing I do around outfits that I like, I keep track of some personal fun stuff. But I also will use it when I'm at conferences. So I was at a conference and uh, Arizona in January of this year. And I took all my notes on Evernote. And then when they would hand out documents, I would take a picture of them. And so everything from that conference is in that one notebook on Evernote. So that I've not had to look around for fine pieces of paper. Um, you know, I can go back and look at, um, different meetings I've been in. I also use it if I'm at reading the Wall Street Journal and I see things that might help in a podcast or an article or, or it's just a good, note-taking thing, and I use it separate from Get It Done app. Uh, check it out if you've not used Evernote before. There's also books that people have written about how to use it. Again, I just skim those just to get what I need out of it. Calendar-wise, uh, my calendar got better and easier when I started using Google Calendar, and then I have an app on my iPhone that helps sync my Google Calendar so I can make appointments on my iPhone and on Google Calendar And that's been better than Outlook because I was always having trouble, and I don't know if you do this or not, but I was having trouble syncing my Outlook to my iPhone, and I would put something on my iPhone that wouldn't be there when I'd get on my laptop and vice versa. So there's an app called uh, Calendars by Readle, R-E-A-D-D-L-E, and it goes with the Google Calendar. And so that's something that keeps me out of overwhelm, and you need to think of that too. Find a calendar system that works. Um, With that calendar system, it gives you reminders, uh, 15 minutes. Um, it syncs all the time. So I'm always up to date. 
And so that 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 will put you in overwhelm real quick if you can't don't have in front of you easy access to schedule and see when you're available. And I see that with a lot of people. That's a real basic thing that somehow gets missed. Like, oh, I don't know when I'm available or I forgot I had that meeting. And that'll throw you in a spin real quick. So find a good calendar system that just happens to be the one that I use. And then um, lastly, if you're scheduling, like I'm scheduling coaching calls or consulting calls and meetings, I use something called Schedule Once. And it, I think there's a fee, $5 a month or something like that. But it's awesome. Say you're trying to, like recently when I was doing the talking conversations with 30 people, I would open time on my Google Calendar via this software, Schedule Once. And then people could go to Schedule Once and send them a link. And they could pick their time. And then it both goes, goes on both of our calendars. And we both get reminders 24 hours ahead one hour ahead, and then afterwards, I think 24 hours later, you can set it up for it to send, send a note. So that has been a gold mine in regard to if you're scheduling lots of training or meetings. I know leaders are always trying to get together with different people or other trainers and coaches are trying to get together. Schedule once is something to check out. So those are some technology solutions. What did I go over here? I went over the book, Getting Things Done. The app, Get It Done app, talked a little bit about Evernote, Google Calendar with the app Calendars by Riedel, and then Schedule One. So that's a little bit of technology. And then last, I'm going to touch on management training. So that is one of the reasons we get into overwhelm is we don't have our team uh, functional or effective. And sometimes, a lot of times, it begins with the leader. And it's amazing to see how many people are so experienced in work and their business. They know all the technical processes. They know the company, but they're not sure exactly how to delegate or how to handle discipline. Somebody's not performing, not sure how to communicate and create open communication, not sure somebody's got poor work habits. They're coming in late or they're not dressing appropriately. How do I address it? Don't they don't um, aren't able to address change in a way that helps people process the change and know that it's coming. And so not being strong in those basic management areas is nobody's fault because a lot of times we just don't get taught those things. And, and so the only thing is, is if you're in a leadership role now, it's your responsibility to get hold of how to do these things well. And they're, they're not just theory. There's actual steps you can take that can help you be effective in each one of those areas. There's ways that, that show you how to be a delegate in a way that assigns its responsibility and authority and make sure the person has buy-in and they understand that you're, you're, it, and you know how to use it as a way to motivate people and get people involved. So if you're thinking, oh, I could get better at delegating or, oh, yeah, I've had some of those discipline problems. And it, you know, it does turn into a time sink, especially if you're not sure how to handle it. And depending on your communication style, you either do it too fast and abrupt or you'll procrastinate and not handle it. So those that can all lead into not feeling sure on how to move forward and loss of time and lead to overwhelm. So uh, 2003 or 2004, I found a company called Vital Learning and I started teaching. That was one of my first consulting training gigs was teaching at Atlantic Southeast Airlines, teaching these programs to the managers there. And I was there for the entire year. And what I liked about teaching these steps as they were not theory. There was some theory in there, but it's basically real steps. Here's a communication template. Here's what you need to communicate and you could practice it and kind of customize it to your situation, but it kind of gave you a framework on, you know, how do I have an effective discipline conversation? 
how do I talk to this person who's a good performer but who has poor work habits? How can I have that conversation without dimming their enthusiasm but getting across that there's some things that need to be done differently? Um, and those aren't easy conversations. And, you know, half the times we've not had good mentors. We've not had good people to follow around that. So uh, I'm going to recommend that you look at these. There's some online classes on my website. If you go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash leadership online, all one word, leadership online, lowercase, and you'll see a list of online classes. If uh, you'd like to talk to me about them, give me a shout. I can tell you about each one because I've taught them. But this would be a real easy way to take a class and to get those skill steps. Again, they're not theory. You get online immediately and you'd have access and could could do the training. There's a pre-test and a post-test and there's memory jogger cards and things that kind of help you get the steps right. And if you wanted to provide some help for someone on your team or a group of people, just let me know and give me a shout. Um, and it's uh, pricelessprofessional.com. And I think it's Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, is the way to contact me. If you look in the show notes, you'll see it. And if you just go to pricelessprofessional.com, you'll see a contact link there. So we've done a lot. We've talked about uh, what's happening around overwhelm, why we get into overwhelm, and I've given you some thoughts and solutions. We're going to wrap up now. Um, and I want to go back to what I started with about reminding you of some things. And the first is keep this affirmation or this mantra in mind because this is where we're headed. This is what we want when we get really good at getting things done. And that is getting things done. I get things done immediately, thoroughly, and cheerfully. That just feels good. Okay, so the difference is when I used to have all kinds of things to get done, I'd get them done, but there was tension and uh, a little bit of a sense of overwhelm and speed and for me, because I'm always moving fast going on now. Now it's like it's clear. There's a clarity. You know, I, I'm immediate. I'm thorough and I'm cheerful about it. And you can make that flip. We don't have to live in overwhelm. And, um, and just some, I'm hoping some of these tools will help if you're feeling a little bit of that. So here are some uh, closing nine little tips. Um, find an organization system that works for you. I recommended a couple of things that work for me, but it's worth it to spend the time, find a class, find a book, find some software. Do the list of six. That's the second thing. It's easy once you can try it. If you're still having trouble, track how you're spending time every day. Every 15 minutes, see how you're doing uh, for three to five days and see what comes up. Say yes to things that serve and excite you, that match your motivators, your strengths. And say no to more things that feel like I should or you're doing it because you've always done them if they no longer serve you. So that's a big one. If you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. So really focus on what you're saying yes to. I'd also say get help. Get help with those things that you can get help with. If you can get lawn help, get it. Find a kid next door and get them to help you. If you can get a housekeeper, get it. If you can outsource projects, get it. If you're interested in a coach, get it. My dog is down here scratching and making all kinds of noise here at the very end, of course. But he's a part of the podcast, too. His name is Oscar. Okay, so get help. And then next thing, be aware of how you're feeling. So I was running around and I didn't know I was in overwhelm. And then I took that assessment and I had been studying the assessments of Trimetrics HD. And I saw where my scores were in that area that measures tension and overwhelm. I wasn't really aware that I was anxious and a little frustrated. 
So be, become more aware. If you spend some time in prayer, meditation, and tea and tea time, you'll become more aware of that. But track when you're feeling feeling anxious or frustrated and see if you can see trends. Something was happening before you lost track of how you felt and before you got anxious, what was it? And can you manage that? And I just mentioned this, take daily tune-in time, meditation, prayer, quiet time. Use affirmations that help you shift. For a while, I used to put on the top of my notebook every day before I'm with my list of six, I get things done immediately, thoroughly, and cheerfully. So that was my affirmation. I just kept seeing it every day, planting the seed. This is how I want to feel. This is what I want. So use affirmations or mantras. And then lastly, this is probably the biggest one. I don't know they're all important, but recreate, evolve, change, do something around your thinking that being overwhelmed equals being valuable or it adds value. So if I complain and I tell you I have more clients than I know what to do with and, oh, I'm just, everything's so hectic and I look hectic and my hair is everywhere and I look like I haven't slept, that doesn't mean I'm more valuable. In fact, you're not bringing all of you to what you're doing. And so don't get caught up in that chain of pain around uh, talking about how you're overwhelmed and how someplace in your mind you're saying, if I'm really overwhelmed, that means I'm valuable or I have, my work has meaning. Stop thinking that if you're thinking it. It's a subtle thing and a lot of people do it. But complaining and feeling like a crazy person with a demanding schedule doesn't prove a thing. It just means that you're in overwhelm and you're not having a lot of fun. And uh, we want to have more fun. We want to wake up eager. We want to get things done immediately, thoroughly, and cheerfully. So I've shared a lot with you. I'm going to do a quick uh, review of the links that I've given you. So pricelessprofessional.com and then forward slash disc video, D-I-S-C video, will give you the video around explaining disc styles. Forward slash dashboard will give you a video around how to create a performance dashboard with some, it walks you through the three steps. Forward slash mind body spirit quiz. You can have access to a free quiz around mind body spirit stuff. 120 tips, T I P E S. That's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash 120 tips. All, all of these are lowercase. And together, we give you information about my book. It's an ebook, it's only on Kindle or on a PDF on your computer. And it's 120 stress management strategies. If you want to think more about, hey, I'm willing to take 15 minutes a day to try this tune-in time that Susie's talking about, forward slash TNT, pricelessprofessional.com, TNT. TNT is lowercase. If you're thinking, hey, I want to work on some of those leadership skills, or I know somebody who could benefit from that, it's leadership online, forward slash leadership online. The show notes from today's episode is forward slash get things done. And you know, when you're, if you're on your iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you can tap on the album art that you'll see there with Wake Up Eager Workforce and it'll move up and there's a list of the show notes. You can see all these links on the show notes. The directory for the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast is wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And on the show notes for today's page or for today's podcast, get things done forward slash get things done. You could leave me some feedback if you have some thoughts or if you have tools that you like or a book that you recommend, love for you to share it. So go over to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash get things done and you will see show notes. Scroll to the bottom and there's a place there where you can put comments. So 
share your insights. If you do something that helps people with planning and organizing, I'm not really an expert. I'm just sharing what I've figured out. If you are an expert and you want to share your insights, or if you have struggled with this and found some success, or you are struggling with it, post some comments there. We can have a conversation. In the next podcast, uh, we're going to go into some more tools that make everybody crazy and cause them to go into overwhelm. And that is the title of next time's podcast is Stop the Meeting Madness, Four Tools to Make Meetings Better. Again, I'm not a meeting expert. I'm just someone who struggled with how to have good ones. And I found a couple tools as a facilitator that really work that every leader could use. So Oscar's saying goodbye, too. He's always quiet until he doesn't want to be. And me, too. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wake Up Eagle Workforce podcast. I hope that this information is helpful. And go out and have a non-stressed, not overwhelming day. Have a good one. Get things done. Take care. Many blessings. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to PricelessProfessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources.